Good morning, good morning. Welcome to our first installment of Voices of the Festival. Uh, this is a new uh, live that we are creating at uh, Voice Fest, uh, the Savannah Voice Festival. And uh, we are very excited to, to introduce this new format to our audience. And it's, um, uh, hi Kiwani. Uh, and and singing Sonka is join us, which is going to be our guest today. Uh, let me invite him. He'll connect very quick, and then we are in business. Um, it always takes a little. I mean, there he is, the man himself. Himself. Hello, hello. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. How are you doing? Doing great. How are you this morning? Good, good. And Kiani is saying uh, hello. And actually, oh, Kiani. hi, Kiani. Hello, one of our I am, uh, I am in Williamsburg. I just landed in Williamsburg. That's why I'm this uh, beautiful, old, uh, you know, typical Williamsburg house. Um, and we're doing together with, with uh, Kiani Cosifantute. And we are very excited to bring her to Savannah uh, this summer. Uh, anyway, so uh, welcome, welcome to our first Voices of the Festival chat. This is really exciting. Um, I've been with the festival for, this is going on my 10th season, and we've never done anything like this. So I'm really looking forward to engaging with you in this new way. Exactly. Now, now we have a different format and uh, even another way of, of connecting with the audience and creating, uh, creating more uh, entertainment, more information, sharing things that we're going to do. And certainly the, the goal of Voices of the Festival um, will be to, to talk about uh, right now what we're going to do next season but eventually what we did last season and things that we have done and talk to our artists and keep engage them, uh, engaging them and keep them connected with with our uh, Savannah and Voice Experience family so um, Piano Howie he asked me to say hello so hi Piano Howie uh, <laughs> and I'm seeing some of my friends from Iowa here have joined too that's, that's oh really you want to fun. say hello to them hello <laughs> any any specific shout out it's some uh, I think my friend Lane my friend Ryan it we the the love of the Cheryl Milne's voice programs goes all over the world excellent uh, talking about all over the world uh, we know that Cheryl and Maria right now in Europe doing uh, a series of recitals there and we are all over the place you are in iowa and uh, hi highway and i'm in and so uh, good stuff we are we're moving around um <laughs> so um i just said it but tell us where are you, where are you chad so my home is Iowa. Um, I am here in Ames, Iowa, which is about 30 miles north of the capital of Des Moines. And um, I am here because I just finished my year uh, as faculty at uh, Iowa State University. I teach voice and opera here at Iowa State University throughout the academic year uh, in congruent with, uh, um, in tandem with my work with the Cheryl Milne's voice programs. So it's, it's really, it's really great. I grew up here. My folks are still here. Many of my friends from high school are still here. This is, this is what I call home when I'm not in Savannah, which is my home away from home. Great. Uh, question, did, were you born <laughs> in Iowa? I was born in Iowa. And in, in Ames or, or, or you moved there for work? Um, I was born about an hour and a half east of here, um, and when uh, when I started my musical journey, I uh, did my undergraduate work at Luther College here in Iowa, and then I moved out to New York City for graduate school at Manhattan School, which is where I met you, exactly. and where um, I subsequently met Maria and Cheryl. Um, once I finished my studies there, I moved back to Iowa to begin my career in performance, academia, and um, eventually the the administration for the Milne's Voice programs. Great. How do you start with music? Ooh, that's that's a 
complicated question. I think I think a lot of singers would respond that way. Uh, um, that's I, I, <laughs> I always sang growing up, but admittedly, it was never. It, not all the puzzle pieces came together all the time when it came to my singing um, until about senior year of high school. And I found a really great, or rather she found me a wonderful voice teacher who said, you know, you have something going on here and your voice would fit really well in this um, genre of opera. So she gave me a few recordings to listen to and I, just immersed myself. I completely fell in love with the art form. And the rest is kind of history. I kept taking voice lessons. Like I said, immersed myself in the art form, started studying it in college. And now here I am. And when you when you started with, did you do, before you, you met this teacher that said you can sing classical, did you, did you do any instrument as a kid or or were you singing in, in church choirs or, or other other kind of singing before sure. that, that uh, realization? <laughs> sure. So um, like most young students in Iowa, you do find an instrument that kind of works for you. <clears throat> Excuse me. And for me, for a little while, that was trumpet. Although that didn't quite fit who I was. I, I didn't play it very well. So what I ended up doing in high school was a very popular um, very popular form of musical expression called show choir. And those, uh, those who know what I'm talking about really know what I'm talking about. Um, imagine 40 people up on stage, you know, basically creating like a little mini musical, a 20 minute mini musical. Um, and Kiani knows what I'm talking about. She just responded in the chat. Um, and that, that kind of, I was, all about that my, throughout my time in high school. So that was primarily what I did beyond uh, this realization that I could sing classically. All right. And, and um, how did you, so, so you say you immerse yourself in, in opera. What was your first opera recording? Um, it was this, comp that's so funny. I've never been asked that, but I could remember it right off the top of my head. It was this um, compilation called A to Z of Opera. Um, and it just had all the greatest hits on there. Um, and I'll never forget the first, um, the first thing that I really listened to was the overture and then subsequently the finale of Don Giovanni and loving the drama of it and loving um, the lyricism and loving the storytelling and then the, I'll never forget the, the commendatore was Kurt Moll. Um, and I'll never forget how he used his voice. And I said, that is something that I'm attracted to. That is something that I want to do to tell the kind of stories I want to tell with my instrument. So that, that was, <laughs> that's funny. I, I've never been asked that, but I remember that now. Well, I, I certainly remember, Again, I don't know if it was actually the first aria I ever heard, but to me, it was the first aria I ever heard, which is uh, uh, Damo Sulali Rose from um, Trovatore, sung by Caballé. And uh, Caballé. I still find that that recording from, the, eventually I found out that it's from, from the Macho Musicale Fiorentino from the 60s. Uh, right. And that was like, I still I, I adore that recording and uh, it was it was my first opera aria uh, and pretty late uh, actually I was already in college um, in the twenties or in my twenties already so that was that was late but I, I by then I was already working with singers and I continue doing so I, I remember uh, so. I remember you and I have had conversations about that with recordings. You like that Caballé Tosca too, right? Oh yeah, yeah. That the Tosca yeah. with Caballé and Carreras and and uh, Davis, I think, is the conductor. It's mm -hmm. incredible. I lost that recording. I should get it back. I, I should yeah, find should. another one. But uh, I I used to have it and and I lost it. Uh, 
but I adore that recording and I adore Tosca scenes and uh, I was very happy to be able to do it for the first time this year. Uh, I, I never done Tosca and and it's such a pleasure. I must say, and I, I, I was going to talk about this actually, um, I was surprised. Um, it's, Tosca is a piece I know well. I've seen it many times. I, uh, I, I Of course, I know it by memory, but uh, but I really know it. But being inside, it was totally different experience. Only a few, oh. I mean, when I'm looking at it, I'm, I'm like in heaven and enjoying it. When I was playing, only a couple of times I was really like, feeling it i was when i was doing right. it i was doing it it's, it's a different experience of of i mean of course i love it and i enjoy every moment but it was a very different if a different experience it's as you are actually doing it you are not uh i mean you enjoy the doing and 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 there's moments of your orchestral you know tootings then you are in it but when you're doing it it's a different experience how do you feel about the you as a singer performing when you are performing how is that different from watching a show or or listening to a recording someone is f a little freezing frozen I, I don't know if it's me or you if it's you i hope you keep talking uh of course you know here me this but uh now if it's me uh, if anyone is in the chat and can't, oh yeah, yeah, I guess it was him. Unfortunately, I lost you. But if you're in the chat uh, watching, could you send me a text saying that you can hear me? Um, not that I can do much, but uh, I have some connections, so that shouldn't be an issue. Um, hopefully, you guys are um, able to see me. Uh, yeah, I'm going to invite him again. By the way, I want to say hi to Benjamin. There you are. You're back in. Now I'm back in. Sorry, yeah. I don't know what happened there. Oh, yeah, it's okay. It, 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 oh, oh, hi, Mike. Uh, so, um, yeah. There we go. Anyway, so I, you know, I'm also, I was afraid that I'm the one that, that is getting frozen because then, then the whole thing freezes. But uh, hopefully... I, I kept talking. Uh, anyway, uh, okay. yeah. so so yes, Kenny, thank you. You can hear. Um, right. So so I was asking, how is it different? Um, tell us for for the people that are not performers, how is it different to be on stage performing as compared with watching a show or listening to a recording? That's a really good question. I, for me, the largest difference is when you are experiencing a show as an audience member, you don't really have to think so much about craft and how you fit into that world. When you are on stage, you one is hyper aware of what's going on all the time. You know, when we're training to be singers, we're, we're trained to really know the score inside and out and be very aware and listening to what your uh, friends and colleagues on stage are doing so you can react in a way that's very authentic. So that requires somebody to be really present, really present. And when you're an audience member, you can choose to engage with the show on whatever level works for you. So say you one is watching an opera like Nozze di Figaro, which one might have seen several times, you might choose to say, oh, I want to clue in on how that singer is doing this particular aria in a different way. You know, you can engage with it on s different levels. On stage, you have to be hyper aware of what's going on. And I can imagine as a conductor that you're, you're, you're keeping everything cohesive. So your awareness is on high alert. Yeah, I must say that as a conductor, it's, it's, it's quite interesting. It's it isn't aware of, of everything that's happening, but it's also a very partial awareness. I notice that I don't notice certain things. Like cert definitely often happens that things, major things happen on stage that I did, I never noticed and they are just right in my nose, right? <laughs> uh, and when I see videos of, of shows that I've conducted and say, oh, that happened. I didn't know right. that that 
because it's not my job, so it's not related. Or or things that happened in in the orchestra or in the chorus or with the singers that, first of all, they're not an issue. There's not a problem. There's nothing comes out, or this what it should be happening. Right. It's part of the texture, and 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 those those things are. They are there, but they, they go unnoticed. In a way, it's like, I would say it's, it's like when you are on walking on the street and talking to someone, there's a lot of things happening, but unless right. something comes out to you for whatever reason, you're focusing on the person and you're talking and things may happen around you that you're not aware because you don't need to. And in a way, that's what's happening when you're in a performance. There are many things happening, but you are doing things and you're focusing on what you have to do, not so much everything that is happening. Uh, but you you have to be really, really aware and uh, and be ready to jump around based on whatever happens, right? So that's, that sometimes literally jump around, <laughs> jump around. That's good. Now, um, so now now uh, we are the new. Uh, direction of the Savannah Voice Festival and uh, essentially the Mills programs in both the voice experience and and the Savannah Voice Festival. How How is this new hat of um, executive administration is? You know, it's going really well. And I, I, in some ways, I feel like I have been preparing for this for some time now. Um, I'm honored to be under the guidance and uh, mentorship of Cheryl Milnes and Maria Zubis uh, for the past nine years. Uh, like I said, I've been working with the program since 2013. And, um, you know, I, I go into any situation like this with you get out of it what you put into it. Right. Mm -hmm. So if one is engaged with the art form and one is to quote one of my uh, one of the amazing teachers for the voice programs, Mark Schneibly, he said, in order to be successful in this career, you have to be curious above everything. Curiosity is going to lead to success. So I was curious about all aspects of this art form and what it is we do everything from when i came i was um primarily a performer but then i started to exercise my directorial muscles and i uh, started to work some administration and garnering those skills over time and it was a very natural progression so i have to say this new hat while challenging feels very natural um as as uh, executive director of the programs. And I'm honored to continue uh, and be a part of, especially as a baritone with Cheryl, <laughs> being one of the preeminent baritones of all time to help continue that, that lineage. That's awesome. That's great, yeah. And, uh, and, and now you're also in, in Iowa and you're, and you, oh, that's a question. Tal, 107, I don't know who's Tal. Who is that's, Tal? Tim, that's Tim Hall. Tim Hall. Oh, Tim Hall. Do either of you have a specific moment in your opera performance which stands out as a mention of our career? Well, tell us. This that's, is more a, that's another really great question. Um, as a benchmark in my career, you know, I would have to say probably performing Elijah in graduate school. Um, that, that was the fulcrum. That was the turning point of really realizing what one has to do in you, order to have a successful career. You did it in, in MSM? I did that at Manhattan School, yeah. Oh. Um, and preparing that much music for that expansive of a performance, that was really, that was a benchmark. And obviously the music was just so, that music is stunning. That, and again, oh. And both Cheryl and, and Tim will appreciate that you choose Elijah. Yeah. They are both oratorio fans. And one one secret that that everyone should know about Cheryl, he he has done. I mean, he was the opera baritone, right, the, for for centuries. But his heart always goes with oratorio. He, yeah. I, and see that he's always gets the most excited talking about not Iago, not Scarpia, 
not Conte di Luna, but Elijah and Messiah, and he, he really loves that that's, uh, that's uh, music. Um, so, so I think, I think a lot of singers do. There, there, there's something about oratorio that you get to delve into the drama in a slightly different way than one does in opera, because in opera, you, one there are so many other factors, right? You have to make sure your blocking is right there. So you hit the lighting cue. You have to make sure the costume looks good. You have to, and that's all amazing. I love doing that. And, you know, Cheryl would, uh, my Cheryl would agree. Um, but there's something to be said for having that music, having that text and standing there and delivering. That can really, really be satisfying. Great. Beautiful. Uh, in terms of my benchmarks, I will say yeah. two moments are, that are very special. One uh, was doing Dido and Ias at Manhattan School of Music. Uh, that was my first show as um, in at the, with the senior opera. Uh, Dido is a piece that I knew well and I loved, and um, it was it was a turning point because that's when I I after that I got the offer to become the music director of graduate offer at Manhattan School, and that's when I became a full-time conductor. So before that, I was doing coaching and conducting, but at that point, after that production, I decided to just only do opera conducting. And the next show that I really enjoyed was doing um, um, Barbara Seville in Tampa. That was um, the the first big, big production in a major theater. And uh, and it started all my freelancing career and, and connecting with all lot of shows and lot of companies. And uh, and it was, um, it was really, a, 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 I think it, it certainly in the turning point of my, my career, I was, doing, I was doing a lot of shows before, but that that was a, the starting of the, the big freelancing experience that uh, I'm doing right now. So, and I, I adore working in that with, with Opera Tampa and, and that production was especially fun. And, and that was the first one of eight productions that I've done in four years. So that's a lot. Uh, so. Uh, that's really exciting. That, and yeah, that, did, did you like that transition into, like how, how did that transition into conducting full time feel for you? We talk about my transition into this leadership role. How about your transition into this next phase of your career? Well, there was, there were two transitions. Uh, that one was, uh, it was, first of all, I didn't have to stop too much of what else I was doing. I was still doing private coachings and I was already teaching at Juilliard and that's continued. But, um, but with the going into into the the senior opera then i was only doing my shows before i was coaching doing general coaching which is still i do in in in, in places like like voice experience and and in my festival in japan and and some private coaching but mostly i do i coach my own shows and and that was the moment that i was doing oh i can and now I can't just do this because I have those two, first of all, two major institutions that will give me a, a regular engagement. And uh, so that was, that was um, a reassuring experience. And then uh, recently, the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be doing freelancing and then the, the invitations keep repeating. So then it's like, well, if, you know, it, as you know, the, our our profession is, is hard. So it's hard to get the first job, job, but it's harder to get the second job. I mean, the, the, right. with the same company, the second job, that is very hard. Uh, the third one is, once you get the third one, then it's easier because then you're in, in, a, in a path. Um, so at, at this point, uh, I, I, I was getting enough repeats and I mm -hmm. can, you never know, I mean, for example, this all happened before uh, <laughs> before COVID. So look at all the things that happened, right? Um, right. But but then then once you say, okay, well, 
it's likely that things will happen again. Uh, so, so at that at that moment, I, I say, well, I should ex try to explore and focusing on that. One thing that I do all the time, and and um, you you know, people that know me know that I'm in multitasking. I do many things at the same time. Mm -hmm. so all transitions are easy for me because I don't like to do a abrupt transition of 180 and totally change. Right. The, thing, the only time that I've done that was when I moved from Argentina to the States. Mm. And because at that time you, I mean, there was no, nothing you can do online or anything. So I had to change, I do a major change. I had to go from one country to the next one. But after, and of course, going from Ann Arbor to, to New York, that was a big change. But after that, always the changes are partial. So I changed 40, 30, 50% of what I do. But the other one continues until something else comes and change the order. So, so the transitions are, are smooth and um, organic. So it's, I just, I personally, I, I don't like do major changes. I like to do a lot of small changes. So, so I think that I don't find them hard. In fact, I find excited because there's always new that comes in instead of just stopping everything. Um, well said. And, let, let me read what uh, Tim said. Thank you both for affording us so many meaningful and forgettable music and experience through oh. Savannah Festival. Oh, thank you so much. And, uh, and we're very excited to talk about this festival, but I will be there in a second before. Um, thank you for watching, Tim. Uh, and, and for the question, by the way, anyone, if you have questions, I adore questions, and I'm sure uh, Chad also. Questions are great because... Um, it makes us think of something that we didn't think about it and and create some some bring some information that we wouldn't not have shared otherwise and so that's this right really excited to do it um question as um you also direct how is that different how is it different to, to and, and you direct not, not only you teach a voice in in Iowa, but also you direct your shows, and and you will be directing um, you will be directing in in Savannah. But how is that different as a job of oh, uh, that of singing? Sure, that's okay. So uh, I I really enjoy directing, particularly on a small like chamber scale. Um, and also incorporating some outreach elements to it. So um, some of the shows I've directed with the programs and at Iowa State are Pauline Viardot's Cendrillon. Um, I've directed Hansel and Gretel, um, but perhaps, and, and a world premiere of Michael Ching's A Royal Feast. Um, that was this past summer in partnership with the Esther F. Garrison School for the Arts. So that was really a joy. I would say it's different in, in, in the preparation of it. So when one is preparing one role for a, to perform in a show, you're really figuring out how does that one character relate to everybody else. When you're directing, you essentially have to have an overarching overarching view of how of the story that you want to tell while validating what actors are bringing to the table. I always want to make sure that I'm validating the actor's viewpoint and the singer's viewpoint in my rehearsals and we tell the story together. So it's, it's just a little bit different in the form of storytelling is, is what I would say. Um, and then having a keen eye for, at the risk of sounding banal, what looks good on stage? You know, what, what, what sort of pictures work really well? Um, and what, um, and again, what kind of story do you want to tell as these characters relate to each other, both physically and vocally? So I would say those, I, I wouldn't, I don't really think about the differences so much more as I think about how do we tell, 
You know, it all just goes back to my own personal philosophy of music making, which is we sing because this is the clearest form by which we know how to communicate. We have music, rhythm, harmony, sets, costumes, all of the, it, it is the total art, right? So how do we be clear about our communication of the story we want to tell. That's really the, that's really my purview when it comes to that process. And, and how do you incorporate the, the, the visual element? Because that, that's a very different from the singing point of view, because sure. this, you, you create, yes, you have, you create your body language. And, and that is a visual element, your faces, your, uh, and, uh, and if you ever seen the masterclass with, with Cheryl, you will know that building your gestures are, is as important as relevant as building your, your, your sound. But as a director, there's a, there's a added element of the look of it. And, sure. you know, you had to come up with, how, what's your process in, in that aspect? I rely a good amount on um my scenic director friends to help me with some of the practicality there but um i get inspiration from that it, it's a bit of a nebulous concept but i get inspiration from that as i'm doing my score study it's not too dissimilar to when one reads a book and you have an idea of what it looks like in your head based on what that author, based on the information that that author has given you. I do the exact same thing when it comes to a score. So like this summer, one of the operas that we are presenting is The Medium, Monopoly's The Medium. So as, and I am directing that. So as I'm doing my score study and my research on it, and I will be listening to some recordings. I'm already developing an idea of what I want it to look like in my head. Um, do, and then the ideas spin off from there. Do, do you want to go, does one want to go with a more abstract concept given the, given the material? Or do you want to go a little bit more literal? What is it that, what does the scenery and the visuals need in order to tell the story. So that's, that's where I'm coming from with the visual elements usually. And uh, since we're spilling the beans and we should just today, we're, it, this week is when we're going to turn up the season. And so this is a bit of a secret preview for those that are watching and eventually. That's right. So we're going to do medium at the amazing Telfair Academy, right? In Savannah, we're doing it at the Telfair Academy. We're going to first do it in Iowa, uh, but then the performance uh, it will be in the Telfair. And if you've been in the, in the academy at the Telfair, it's a gorgeous space. It's the feels of a rotunda, although it's a square space. Um, and it's uh, full of amazing artwork. It's a beautiful late 19th century space. How, would you, how are you, uh, without telling very specific, but as a concept, how are you uh, marrying the Telfair, the Academy, the Rotonda, the Academy, and the Medium? I'm going to rely, I'll tell you right now, I'm going to rely heavily on the natural beauty of that space. Um, those that attended the festival last summer, and we hope you will come back and attend this summer, um, know that there's already a special ambiance about that space. And I think the inherent, um, I don't want to say darkness, but, you know, in singing, we have this term chiaroscuro, which means the balance of light and dark. And that exists in visual art as well. And this space has that to a T. So I'm going to rely heavily on that and use some really interesting lighting in order to create uh, a mood in order to create an environment that will be conducive to Monopoly's really, at times, kind of twisted but interesting score. Um, and I'm I'm really looking forward to utilizing that space like that. And certainly, you know, the the, the medium is set in, in her living room, and this is is as if Baba has done really well. <laughs> in, That's right has built we, the, the most amazing living room that she <laughs> Exactly. 
uh, it's actually it, it was a bit of a parlor i mean it's, it's, it's enormous and it was enlarged but but essentially it was the the home of the telfair so right. uh, way it's, it's very fitting that we're doing it there um Indeed. before we move into talking about a little more about the season uh we have two questions that i want to address one yeah Kiani says, um, Ki oh, no, wait. Uh, Kiani says, what's your favorite art song and why? Well, immediately where my brain goes, I don't know if, I, I suppose this is classified as an art song. I think mine would have to be Beim Schlafengehen by Richard Strauss. That's an and, and Beim Schlafengehen, for those who don't know German, means like go, uh, going to sleep. Um, and German doesn't always translate well into English, but um, it going to sleep and there's, it's orchestrated with soprano, a uh, soprano voice and a featured instrument of a violin. And the way Strauss uses the voice to really mimic the soul almost rising to heaven and if the violin uh, mimics that so beautifully as well. Um, I have <laughs> a very funny memory of this uh, song, listening to it in vocal literature in undergrad and the professor was playing it and I'm just openly weeping in class. <laughs> this, the Gundula Janovic recording is my um, particular favorite with Fun Carry On conducting. Um, it, it, I almost can't put words to it, how it, I, it's just one of those songs that every time I hear it, it, it touches my soul. Great, it, and it's, it's gorgeous and, and it's so beautiful and, and it's just yummy. And, and yeah. it has huge orchestral interlude and postlude. And it's um, in a way, one of my favorite songs, it's, when it's similar to that is, is um, Mahler, um, Oh, Urlicht. No, 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 no. The, the, I can't remember it. Uh, mm -hmm. Ich bin der Welt. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it's, I adore playing and, and singing and listening. But it, now, in my turn, as the song I like, um, because she said, what's your favorite song? So I don't know if she meant you, uh, child, or okay. you both. So anyway, so I'm going to say my, my, my favorite song too. Um, and there, uh, there are many, but if I had to pick one, um, I will say La Rosa y el Sauce by Guastavino. Um, especially because it is in Spanish and it's from my country, but, but it's because I, I specifically remember the first time I heard it. And and that how how the simplicity of the poem and the simplicity of the feeling and the honesty of the feeling of the, the music and this idea of of this friendship and it just saw me. Uh, it's just like I, I really adore the whole uh, sensibility of it's not a it's not real. It, it's it's about a relationship, but but in a in a very uh, pure uh, and friendly way and uh, and and the unfairness of 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 fate without any malicious anyway it's not that nothing bad happened because anyone wanted to be mean uh and, and the whole sensibility was so so meaningful and, and i was also crying with this this <laughs> little simple story and it, it's so beautiful and every time I hear it, I, it takes me back to that, that experience at the conservatory in Buenos Aires when I was a student, so. That's and, beautiful. Uh, um, Kiani uh, opened up a can of worms here. Uh, we, we, we could go, we could do a whole entire podcast on our favorite art songs, because as you were talking, I, I was thinking about text with which I connect. And, you know, I think another one would have to be sure on The Shining Night, the Samuel Barber. It, it's the perfect art song for <laughs> just in its structure and the setting of the text and how it's just amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Great. Yeah, it is, it is beautiful. I love, I love the secret. Uh, I mean, it's not too secret, but it's not obvious the, the canon and the imitation of it and uh, how it, 
the first one is a counterpoise and then they switch. That's right. I mean, it's not very brainy, but it's, it's really interesting that it's there. It, how it dovetails is... Yeah. Um, and, and Joanna, hi Joanna, uh, and, <laughs> and her name, your, your name is, is funny, Joanna Pop and Soot, Pop and Soot, there you are, uh, Pop Pants and Soot, there you are, and, and Joanna says, uh, I'm interested in directing at some point, what would you recommend to someone who is looking to get involved on that side of the table, and that's for you? That's a really good question. I had the benefit of being involved in um, or being a part of the academic world, which afforded me those opportunities relatively early on in my career. Um, I think I directed my first full scenes program when I was 25 years old, um, which in terms of academia is relatively young. Um, hi, Jessica. I Good just see you. <clears throat> so, so I was, I'm lucky in that I was afforded that opportunity under the umbrella of being part of an academic institution. Um, so I would say if you are at all interested, <clears throat> excuse me, in teaching or being a part of that world, oftentimes universities will have those opportunities for you. Um, but you simply putting it out there into the world, like you're doing right now, Joanna, letting people know that this is a skill that you're interested in honing is the way to do that. I think is having conversations with people and letting them know that this is something that you're interested in and seeing what comes of it, because you'll never know when somebody goes, oh, Joanna's done great work or X, Y, and Z has done great work for me in this respect. I'm going to give her this opportunity to try out directing. So without, you know, talking specifics with um, each individual person, that's probably what I would say in terms of getting involved in that way. And I guess as an addendum to that, <clears throat> excuse me, maybe, maybe the glass half look artistically of COVID is that it's afforded all of us to look at our careers a little bit differently and engage in projects that we might not have done prior. So something that you can do is get a group of folks together to create a project, um, film it, or put it on with um, in a small venue. Just get your feet wet that way. Um, and I know that's easier said than that's going to be another avenue that one can explore with directing. And then, of course, then there's all the, you know, artistic side of directing, just like with any other art form, trial and error. Sometimes you, you give a particular directive and it doesn't look very good and that's okay. <laughs> You can double back and change it. Things are just fine. Well, I mean, for example, now that you mentioned and things that we, and, and by the way, another well, another secret that we're sharing. So Joanna is coming to Savannah this summer and she's doing, um, well, what I can say, she's going to do Ciebel um, in Faust because we're doing Faust. And, and you are conducting it. I'm conducting Faust, and Fabrizio Melano is directing Faust. So there you are, Faust. Uh, but Joanna, you, you should definitely talk to, to Fabrizio and mention that. Uh, wouldn't it be amazing if you are, in a way, your uh, like assistant to, to Fabrizio and you are there helping and watching and being a, uh, a part of, of the team from that point of view? That would be a great... Um, who, which better, who person will be a better person to, to learn from that Fabrizio, which is, you know, Indeed. it is one of the glories of, of the Met and colors and everything. So, um, so it is, it is amazing that you, you can do that. So let's talk about it's, it. Fun. Well, and it harkens back actually to what I mentioned at the beginning of this, um, at the beginning of this broadcast, if you will, which is anytime I was being directed, I was also studying how that director was directing. So you pick up skills that way 
and see, okay, what about their communication is working for the totality of this show? And if I had to communicate it to a cast member or a cast in general, how would I do that? So recognizing the brilliance of somebody like Fabrizio Milano and th this whole entire art form is built on the shoulders of those who came before us, right? So it, we owe it to them to use what they're so generous, generously giving to propel this art form forward. Great. Yeah, that's true. Uh, by the way, she, Jana says that that was her first aria. So, she oh. <laughs> so fine. You, you'll, I don't know if you've done it before as it's a whole show, but now you're going to perform it for, cool. uh, for Savannah. So we're very excited to, to have you do, um, do Ciebel for us. Um, great. And um, so what else are we doing this summer that we can tell? I, I think we shouldn't tell everything that we're doing because um uh, we we have time we have uh, other weeks to to talk but uh so we know that we're doing faust and medium let's talk about a bit about medium how we casting medium so this is um a bit a slightly different structure than what some folks of uh in long time friends of the festival are used to so this summer we are um oftentimes the voice studio runs concurrently with the festival. Well, this year we're actually separating them physically first and then reintegrating them. So for the last two weeks of July, July 17th through the 31st, the studio portion of the program, the studio artists will be hosted at my university, Iowa State University here in Iowa. And we will be preparing preparing the medium here um, with, uh, with a double cast. And then study grant artists from that cast are invited to come to Savannah and perform the opera, <clears throat> excuse me, and perform the opera there. And those study grant artists will also participate in the festival in the form of being in the Faust Chorus and some of our other concerts that um, audiences have come to know and love. So that's, that's a slightly different structure than what we're used to. Um, but that is what we're doing this summer. And we're really excited about that. That's great. So, so what, what, tell us, what are the study grants? So study grant artists are artists that are really on the cusp of moving into the next level of their development. Um, so that those are artists that will, um, like I said, perform and study here in Iowa and then have the chance to use what they've learned in the intensive, the two week intensive in Savannah. Great, so, so they're going to come to uh, Iowa and we're going to work with them and we're going to actually uh, perform uh, two of the shows that we're bringing, one of them being um, the medium. And the whole cast of the medium is going to come, uh, we're doing cast, double casted in, in Savannah, it's right, in Iowa, but it's going to right. be, one cast is going to come to uh, Savannah and they are um, sponsored by, by our fantastic education program of voice experience and we have specific sponsors in fact uh we're still um some we're looking for more sponsors for our study grant artists and and uh, if you want to uh, sponsor some of these artists help them uh develop their career uh please contact us um please yeah one of them is uh, <laughs> couple that you guys know because he came last summer and and he's going to be uh, performing in Iowa and in Savannah and That's right and many of them we have actually 10 uh, or nine nine I mean nine or ten uh, study grants that, that are coming from Iowa into Savannah so they have a, a whole experience of two weeks of intensive work uh, with the teachers, with the voice teachers, with the coaches, performing, staging two shows, doing concerts, and then come and, and be part of a, of a professional festival and be doing uh, 
a show on their own, participating in, in concerts and participating in other of the performances, working with different directors, different conductors, um, different uh, experience and interact with the audience as a, as a young professionals that they are. So it's a very, very, um, and some of them are even covering the major roles. So, so there's a whole uh, layers of, of learning that the study grants will be afforded thanks to right. our scholarship fund um, and uh, voice experience and the donors that generous support uh, the work that we do in Savannah. All right. Uh, right. So that is very, very uh, important to us. Uh, our education component of the Mills Voice programs is essential. In fact, it created, uh, it originated that way because uh, Cheryl wanted to share uh, his his legacy, and and we we thought that you know the young uh, younger. Um, artists should learn with a master, so they should have the opportunity to work with, with people like Cheryl and Fabrizio and, and, and many, many other. Um, so um, how is it? Tell us a, a little more about Iowa first. I mean, uh, voice experience. Uh, sorry, my, my phone keeps buzzing and then it, it moves. So uh, <laughs> tell us what, a, a bit about um, voice experience in Iowa in terms of what is the, the format, what are we going to do there and what are we bringing to the festival after? Sure. Well, you talked about several of uh, the aspects of what will happen in Iowa. So um, over 20 different artists from all around the country are going to be converging on Iowa State's campus. And there they will receive daily lessons, coachings, um, and a participation and have the opportunity to participate in lectures, master classes, and performance performances, all in the effort of boosting one's uh, performance and vocal prowess under the under the guidance of our fearless leader, co-founder Cheryl Milnes. <laughs> so um, that's really the the focus of Iowa. There are many aspects of uh, the studio that are almost solely focused on the, edu as you said, the educational aspect of this art form. So singers really have a chance to be a part of intensive, be a part of an intensive that's geared towards them where they can really focus on their craft for two really solid weeks and then go back out into their respective worlds and apply what they've learned. And 10 of them will come to Savannah. <laughs> As part right, right. Grant and uh, with it, and this is a full scholarship uh, experience in which they will come and and experience uh, working in a professional festival. Uh, really quick, tell us. Uh, so, so this is something that Savannah West Festival does, which is engage in education. There are several other projects that are wonderful that Savannah Voice Experience does in terms of education, the deep and and um, the the choir. The, the children friar that will be in our shores. Tell us more about those, uh, at least those two um, elements. Absolutely. So prior to my being um, executive director, I was the education and outreach coordinator. And I, I'm proud to have spearheaded a couple really important initiatives at, because connection to community is so important um, and is vital for an organization like ours and vital for the art form to engage on this level. So one of them is our partnership with uh, the Deep Center, which is um, an organization in Savannah that really helps with literary excellence. And we thought it would be a great partnership to uh, engage some young up and coming composers, uh, very talented to work with these writers on what is it like to write song lyrics and how does poetry become a song and what works in that arena and what doesn't work in that arena. So out of it, we are on round two of, um, of song cycles culminating with three now, we've engaged three composers um, and three different song cycles have been created out of this partnership. So those, 
this new set of songs will have its premiere this summer uh, in the song concert as part of our 10th season, again, in the Telfair Museum. It's going to be really exciting to hear how the poetry and text of these young people have really come about during this really difficult time. Great. And then secondly, um, let Joanna say, thank you, Joanna, that's very sweet. Um, and then we have a longstanding relationship with the Savannah Chatham County public school system and have engaged with them and even created operas with them. Um, in fact, this most recent summer, um, a royal feast, Michael Ching's uh, Royal Feast, which is um, a, a sequel to Rossini's La Cenerentola, um, was created with the children, with the SRF Garrison School of the Arts middle school children. They helped conceive the plot, write the text, and even worked with Michael, um, our composer in residence, to compose some of the music. So the, these relationships have helped realize brand new works, and they've even they participated in it virtually as well. So those are some of our really exciting partnerships that continue to thrive and that continue to um, uh, grow in a really organic and interesting way. Excellent, excellent. So, so by the way, uh, the song will be at Christchurch. It will not be at the Telfair. Oh, it will be at Christchurch. Thank you. We have so many fabulous venues yeah. Yeah, so, <laughs> in Savannah. Another, another amazing venue will be uh, Christchurch, which will it's been one of our home uh, since the very beginning, and so we're very excited to this year to do the song concert, the the leader concert, the, the repertoire that is uh, piano and voice. Uh, at the um, at the at Christchurch and another yeah, thank uh, you for that. the 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 rich collaboration with the Deep Center is that we're looking into performing some of those songs uh, that have text from the the members of the of the Deep uh, Center um, performed with instruments from the uh, Savannah Philharmonic in a, in concerts that we'll do as an outreach uh, in uh, actually not outreach I mean yeah outreach uh, because they are they're happening outside in the community but they're mm -hmm. happening. In, in neighborhoods in September. <coughs> We're doing a series of concerts in September, uh, late September around Savannah in three different locations in which we are going to perform um, in collaboration with members of the Savannah Philharmonic, and we're going to perform some of the songs that were created as part of the collaboration with the Deep Center. So uh, a lot of uh, forces and a lot of energy uh, uh, Working together, uh, again, uh, working together, so so we can uh, do many many wonderful things. Um, Chad, it is time to wrap up for today, and uh, I think we we probably have another uh, talk coming up, so we can continue yeah. our our festival. Uh, but thank you so much for being uh, the first. Uh, guest and and it makes sense that that you are and I are uh, the first people in this show and uh, we're very excited to to create this new format. Uh, any parting words? Well, I want to thank everybody that um, is watching currently and everybody that is has always supported the festival and continues to support Maria and Cheryl and our uh, really great work in supporting these artists, supporting our friends and supporting this art form. And on a personal note, it's just, I think I've said this before, but Jorge, it's so great to be in this leadership position with you after having learned from you as um, you know a coach, as a mentor um, in graduate school and now getting to lead programs like this with you. It really is an absolute honor. So it's uh, uh, no nothing but good collaborations coming out of everything that's coming in um, in 2022, particularly this 10th season in Savannah, Voices from Beyond, August 7th through the 21st. Thank you. Thank you for your words. I, I really enjoy working with you from the first day, and, and I'm glad that we have this opportunity of continue working pretty much um, every other day in, during the week. So. <laughs> <laughs>
So, uh, and for everyone else, thank you for watching. And for those ones that are watching the recording, because by the way, this is going to start building our library at, uh, in Instagram and Facebook. And uh, please spread the word that this happens every Friday at 10 a.m. And you can watch and rewatch. And if you miss something, uh, the video will be available. And please uh, send it around and let us more people uh, know about the festival. And uh, thank you, Chad. Thank you for everyone that was watching. And stay tuned because more information is coming and you're going to uh, hear more. What are we doing this uh, coming uh, August? Uh, by the way, the dates are, uh, and we can tell them now, it's from August 7th to August 21st, uh, first, first in, in Savannah, of course, in many, many locations. More information is coming up. And uh, thank you for watching. I will see you next week uh, and to hear more about our voices of the festival. Bye. Fabulous. Thank you. Bye.